Hi, I'm Rick Atkins, pastor here at CFCC. Welcome. We hope you enjoy this sermon and that God uses it to grow you in your relationship with Him. Before we get started, our goal is not to replace your investment in a local church with online content. We were made for community. We want to encourage you to engage in a local church with your gifts. See, when the people of God invest in the community of God, they experience the transformative power of God. And that is our hope and prayer for you. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. All right, all right. Well, good morning. Okay, go ahead. Start snickering now. Yes, I have to have them. So your time is coming. Just know that. All right. Well, good morning, guys. It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord today. Amen. It is just, it's amazing. It is. And, you know, just after the birth of our Savior and Lord, I was thinking about this, and I feel kind of like um, what Jesus said to his parents. Do you remember after they couldn't find him, he was coming home. They were coming home from the Passover festival. I think he was 12. And in Luke, it says this. It says that we're told that after searching for him for three days, that they finally find him, right? And they find him in the temple courts sitting among the teachers. And they say he was listening and asking questions. And when they find him, Jesus says this. He says, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? In other words, he's saying, guys, where else would I be? And I hope that's where we feel like today. I hope that that's like what we feel like today. You know, I love getting to share on this day because it's the last Sunday of the, of the year. And, you know, we get to, you know, see people that we haven't seen in a while. Like, so because there are people that come to different services. And so today, I, you know, just stay around and socialize a little bit because some of these people you don't get to see all the time. So excited about that. And I, I, I tell you, it is, uh, it's just a, a neat feeling to be able to do that. And today, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be looking at uh, different verses throughout the Bible. All right? And so as we look at these different verses throughout the Bible, what, what I'm hoping is is that there will be some of these verses that you'll refer back to in 2022 but then there's others that may help us prepare for the new year. And, and we decided to call this Treasures of the Heart. So, guys, if you have your Bibles with you, if you would, um, just get your fingers loose because we're going to be doing a lot of flipping today. And uh, if you do not have one, just know that we're going to have the screens behind us and you can follow along that way. All right? All right, let's get started. So, I thought we'd start in the Old Testament. We've got a few in the Old Testament. The first one is this. It's a great reminder for us. It's Psalm 141.3. And it says this, it says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Did you know that the average person, the average person now opens his or her mouth approximately 700 times a day? Now, I, I realize some of us help that average more than others, but that's still a very eye-opening thing, Right? And here, what we see is we see great wisdom from David. And he's asking God, he says, God, can you keep me and help me from speaking anything that would cause harm, right? Anything that would cause people to move away from God. You know, on, on more than one occasion, I, I have said something. And as soon as I said it, I wished you could just kind of, right? But you, you can't. It, 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 it's out there. You, you just can't. And, and I think sometimes we all get so engrossed in a conversation if we're not careful before we know it, something comes out, right? It's something that comes out that does nothing to, to, to help the situation. It certainly does nothing to point others to God, and it can even escalate the problem or make it worse. We, we, we've all been there. So, so I know for me, as we get ready for 2022, I'm asking God, like David, I'm asking him, God, please put a guard over my lips. 
But then I'm also saying, God, more importantly, will you put that same guard over my heart? Because Luke 6.45 says this. It says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So sometimes, guys, if we want to know what's in our heart, we may need to pay a little more attention to what's coming out of our mouth. Amen? All right. So the second one we're going to look at today is staying in the Old Testament. And this is um, in 1 Samuel. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, 34 through 37. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion came or a bear came and I carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. Now, I know we've all heard that story, but I want to remind you of something here. The Israelites were fighting with the Philistines. They were getting ready to fight. But neither of them would make the first move because strategically, whoever had the first strike would be at a big disadvantage. You see, they were, they were camped on both sides of the Valley of Elah, right? And so if you made the first move, what would happen is you'd have to go down. And as you came back up the valley, that's when the other group would come. And they would have that, that downhill advantage. And so, so with that, what happened, there was a, a Philistine soldier by the name of Goliath. And he was kind of tired of waiting. And he would come out and he would challenge anyone from Saul's army to fight him. And then the winner would take all, right? But you see, there was this big problem. It was a really big problem. Goliath was a little over nine foot tall, most people think. And he was an incredible, incredible warrior. So no one was willing to fight him. So, guys, this went on for 40 days, right? They were at this standstill for 40 days until young David comes into the camp. The only reason he's coming in is because he's bringing lunch or food to his brothers who who are there fighting. All right? And so what happens is, is that... David hears the spill from Goliath, and he says to, to King Saul, he says, you know, don't worry about this. He, he basically says, you know, I, I'll, I'll fight this guy. And then King Saul, you know, starts telling him all the reasons why he can't fight Goliath. You see, and then David, that's when he says what we just talked about above in the verses. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to see the difference between David and the others, right? I want you to see, you see, he never was planning on fighting Goliath alone. He was bringing God with him. He was bringing God with him. But King Saul, he's seeing out of worldly eyes, right? So he sees this giant too big to defeat. But because David is seeing out of the eyes of God, he sees this target too big to miss. Such a big difference there, guys. And so as we start coming into the challenges of 2022, when they come our way, I'm asking you, let's, let's look back at these verses and let's think about whose eyes are we seeing these challenges through, right? Who are we seeing these through and, and, and are we bringing our God along with us? All right, good so far. All right. All right, the last one in the Old Testament, Malachi, all right? Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament just before Matthew, Right? And so Malachi 3, verse 10, says this, and I think many of you have heard this, and it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. 
So what was happening here is that the people of Malachi's day, they were ignoring God's command to give a tithe of what he had blessed them with to the temple. And, and, so, and even when they did give, guys, it was like they gave from their leftovers. Kind of like pay all your bills and whatever's left. Just, you know? So, so with that, what, what God's plan was, was to use the tithe of the people to feed those who serve full-time in the temple. And that's why the verse says, so that there may be food in my house, right? That, that, that's what it was, it was there to do. The problem is that many of them were afraid that, that they might not have what all they needed if they gave some of it away. What you're really saying there, what we're really saying there, what they were saying there is, God, I don't really trust you. I'm just not sure, God, that you can do what you say you can. And it goes back to something we've talked about a lot this year. Our definition of God, right? What is that definition of God? Is our God big enough to do what he says he can? There were others there that would have the attitude that, that, that you know, it's not their job to take care of those outside their family. And, and the truth is they're right, right? It is not our job. It's our honor. You see, it's our honor. The difference is we don't have to help others. Guys, we get to. We get to. It's such a different mindset. And this is how you and I become the cheerful givers that God's called us to be. And God says, when we do this, watch out. Watch out and see what I will do. So the question this morning for this verse would be, do I give so that God won't be mad at me? Or do I get to give out of all that he has given me? You know that in any relationship, if one side is doing all the giving and one side is doing all the taking, it's never a very, very healthy relationship. And I pray that in 2022 that, that, that we truly become more cheerful givers. All right? That's my Old Testament side. All right, we're going to flip it now to the New Testament, okay? And the first one I want to look at is in Matthew, the first book of the, of the New Testament, Matthew, right? Matthew 8. Verses 2 through 3. Matthew 8, 2 through 3. It says this. It says, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand to touch the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. At this time in history, leprosy was the most dreaded disease because there was no known cure right and what leprosy would do is it would destroy all the nerves that sense pain in our bodies so so many of the lepers would have nubs for fingers because of that but the worst part of this disease is that they had to be isolated from their family and their friends they had to be isolated from their family and their friends because the disease was so contagious but guys, with all that, with all those challenges, somehow this leper, he makes his way through the crowd and he jumps to the front of the line to talk to Jesus. And, and look what he first does. He knelt before him. He knelt before him. He shows Jesus respect. And then he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to read that and miss this. Because this is amazing faith. He doesn't say, Lord, if you can, but Lord, if you will. Such a difference, right? He's saying, Lord, if you will. He's heard all that Jesus has done, and he simply believed. We see his confidence when he says, Lord, you can do this. And we see his humility when he says, Lord, if you will. It's the perfect combination. 
And then look, I want you to look at how Christ responds. What does he do first? He touches him. He touches this leper. He touches him. Guys, there's no telling how long it's been since this man has been touched. He touches him, and then he heals him. I think I I, I chose this verse, and I think I love these two verses so much because what they do is they remind me that Jesus reached out and touched me as well. You see, I, I too had this, like this leper, I had a disease that if it left, was left uncured, it not only would kill me physically, but it would kill me spiritually. Jesus Christ, he took on my sin. He took on my sin and he cleansed my soul with his touch. That's my Savior. When is the last time in our crazy, crazy, busy world, when is the last time we slow down enough as believers to remember and be thankful for the touch of our Savior? All right, we're going to stay in Matthew here for one more verse, all right? So flip a couple pages over. We're in Matthew 17, 26, okay? Matthew 17, 26. It says this. It says, what good would it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. Now, unfortunately, I remember the days before Christ was my Savior and Lord. And what I remember most is that I was simply living for the day. I was living for today, right? I, 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 I mean, what I mean by that is, is you know, it's, I was living as if this life was all there is, right? And, and I would do what I wanted to do today without any worry about what it would happen to me tomorrow. Regard, I mean, and, and not even thinking about, you know, eternity. And guys, the best thing I can tell you is it was like running a race and somehow knowing that your time is running out. And yes, yes, I want you to understand this and I want to be truthful. When we live this way, when we live for ourselves, when we do whatever we got to do to get ahead, there can be earthly rewards. There can. There can be things like fame and wealth and honor and prestige. And those are enticing. But, but what I want you to understand this morning is, at best, at best, all of those things are temporary. They're temporary. And when you and I live for ourselves instead of our king, what we do is we sacrifice our very souls. But now, let me flip this on you because this is where it got me. You see, Jesus was not talking to non-believers. Jesus was talking to his disciples. Check it out. Jesus was talking to his disciples there. And he was speaking to them. And and what we know then is that even as believers, even as Christ's followers, this is something that you and I will battle. This is something that we'll battle. But what we also know is that a genuine disciple will forsake this world by, by, by dying to themselves daily. We can do this by dying to ourselves daily. And, and I pray in 2022 that what we do is we realize that, that this is a battle. And we realize to win that battle, we have to win it daily by trusting and believing in Christ. And that we have to realize, too, that he has equipped us for this battle with everything we need to win. All right, so we're now moving on to Ephesians. Got to flip on down towards the back a little more. Ephesians, and we're looking at verse 2. We're looking at chapter 2, excuse me, verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It is the gift 
of God. Guys, if we as a church can truly get this right, if we can understand this, watch what God will do in us and through us. Watch what he'll do. I mean, you've, you've heard it from this stage over and over and over and over that we are not capable of meeting God's standard for living for him. We are not capable of that, that we are sinners and those imperfections in us separate us from our God, right? But what's so amazing is God didn't leave us there, right? He doesn't leave us there. He sent his only begotten son, and we know this, that he sent him to earth for 33 years. And he lived a sinless life full of love, compassion, and healing. And his earthly reward for that was to be bitten, beaten, spit on, ridiculed, and crucified on a cross. And here's the most amazing thing. He willingly went through all of this so that you and I, through him, could be forgiven of our sins and no longer separated from God. And the Bible tells us over and over and over that those who believe this, that those who want this, and that those who choose this have found grace through faith in Jesus. And then he doubles down on us, and, and, and he reminds us that we are desperate for a Savior and that this is the greatest gift that God gives to us. And I think he doubles down because, guys, what happens is, yes, once we're saved, you and I, we're going to live differently, right? We're going to live differently. And we need to celebrate that because that's proof that, that, that this is really happening in us. But, but what we have to know is it's not because you and I suddenly became good, right? It's because the God in us is so great. That's why we change. That's why we're transformed. And as we remind ourselves that it is a gift of God and a gift of God only, now we stay humble, we stay thankful, and we stay grateful. And now we're usable by our God. All right. Colossians. Now we're going into Colossians. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. As we become Christ followers, we enter into a relationship with God, with Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that will cause us and allow us to grow. And through the power of the Holy Spirit now living in us, we are called to become more Christ-like every single day. You see, it's this spiritual growth that becomes the birthmark or the proof that our faith is real. So, so if receiving Christ through faith is what we learned through our last verse, what we learned through this verse is after we've done that, the next process is growth. The next process is growth. And it's growth by being rooted up, built up, and strengthened daily through prayer, through study, and through application. You see, if a plant is to grow, it does so by drawing nourishment from the soil through the roots. And, and if we as believers are going to do the same, we have to draw our nourishment from the root of Jesus Christ. You see, growing is not an option. It's a part of being saved. It's a requirement of God because he tells us that faith without works is dead. And again, I want to remind you, no, we cannot earn our salvation. We just talked about that. But with God's Holy Spirit now in us, like a plant with good roots, 
you and I grow. That's what we do. I hope that we'll take the time in this coming year. I hope we'll slow down and take the time to check periodically. How's my growth coming? How am I doing? Am I being intentional about growing? You see, if God is truly our King and our Lord, He has to become the first priority of our lives. Okay, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says this, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now this one is hard, guys. This one is hard because what God's saying here is our joy and our prayer and our thankfulness, it has to stay in us. It has to be a part of us regardless of the circumstances or situation we find ourselves in. And I want you to know that this is not a, uh, a, a relationship. It's not a God, I will love you and I will pray to you as long as everything in my life is great or, or as long as I get what I want. It's not that way. It's a God, I can be joyful regardless of what I'm going through in life because I trust and know that you want what's best for me. And, and God, I can pray continuously knowing that you will never leave me or forsake me. And I can be thankful in all situations knowing that my God always has a plan. You see, that's the kind of relationship we've got to have. What a difference God makes in our lives. What a difference he makes. Guys, if you and I, if we can truly strive to live this way, if we can be joyful in the midst of sorrow, and if you and I can pray and be thankful regardless of the situation we find ourselves in, what happens then? Others see it. They want to know how and they want to know why. And then we can point them to the one who can do it for them. May we be joyful because of who and whose we are. Because this is God's will for our lives. Okay, keep moving back just a little bit more. We're going into James, all right? We're going into James 4, 3. And James 4, 3 says this. It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So many people today, when I talk to them, they say, I pray, but God doesn't answer. I pray, but God doesn't answer. But it may be, guys, that he does. And it may be that his answer is no, right? It may be that his answer is no. What if God loves us so much that he wouldn't grant our prayer because in his infinite wisdom, he knows that this prayer would either bring harm to us or our family or possibly move us away from him instead of toward him. I mean, I want you to think about this. Think about this scenario. What if a four-year-old asked their mom and dad for a motorcycle for Christmas, right? Well, as crazy as that is, the parents are going to say no. Why? Because the four-year-old's not quite ready for that yet, right? They're not mature enough to handle that. Well, well if that's the case and parents know that, how much more? How much more does a loving God know what we need and what we can handle? No may very well be the best answer we could ever get. 
Then James goes on in this verse, and he's speaking about wanting God to do this for our own pleasures. Now, I want you to know this. Please know this. It is important. We need to enjoy what God's given us. We need to. God wants us to enjoy what he has given us, but he wants us to do it within the boundaries of his ways. And here what James is talking about is when someone wants something outside of, the, of, of what God wants for us. In other words, they want something outside the scope of God. And, and, and when we do that, and when we want that, here's what we're saying. Either they're saying one of two things. Either I know better than God what I want and what I need, or they're saying, God, I really don't care what, what, what you say. And, and so you say, well, well, then what do we do, Mark? How do we pray? Well, I want you to see, I want you to always know we pray our heart's desires. That, that, that's something that is so important. We pray our heart's desires, right? But we pray that along with, God, I only want this. I only want this, God, if you want this for me. And I want this now only if this is in your perfect timing. You see the difference? Yes, pray your heart. But then give God permission to take over. Guys, some of the greatest things, please hear this, some of the greatest things in my life have happened because I prayed this way, and either I didn't get what I wanted or I didn't get it when I wanted. But in the end, God's will and God's timing were so much greater, so much better than what I was originally asking. He's a perfect God who wants and knows what's best for you and I. And guys, we need to trust in that and want that too. Okay, for me, I tried to go in chronological order for you, right? But I got to take this last one and you got to flip back a little bit, okay? Because this is my favorite. And, and, and I want you to, I, you've heard it many times, but I want to remind you of this. We're in John, and we're in John 14, 6. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I think this is my all-time favorite because I remember in my early years of reading the Bible, honestly, I was like, God, are there no cliff notes? I mean, seriously, can, can we make this a little plainer, right? And, and then I, I stumbled across John 14, 6, and, and I just kind of ran out of excuses. Because just above in verse 5, Thomas asked a really very reasonable question. He says, Jesus, if we don't know where we are going, how can we know the way? Ooh. And then Jesus says this. He says this to me, to you, and to Thomas. Jesus says this. He says, I am the way. I wish I had a deeper voice right there, but that's all I got, guys. He says, I am the way. Now, you talk about plain. You talk about cliff notes. That's as plain as it gets. He's saying there is no other path to God but through me. Amen. That's it. That's it. There is no other way. And you say, well, that's kind of weird. How's that weird? You see, if it's perfect, how could there be another way? Then it wouldn't be perfect. Jesus says, I am the way. And then he says, I am the truth. He says, I'm the reality of all God's promises. I'm the one that brings them to fruition. And then he says, and I am the life. You see, Jesus represents eternal life, and he's the reason for our hope. Guys, I, I, I want you to hear this. Please hear this this morning. 
We can be the nicest person in the world. We can feed the hungry. We can take care of those who are sick. We can be kind to everyone and give away all our money to the poor. But if you and I do not acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior, if we don't acknowledge that Jesus is the only one qualified by God to take it away, then we are lost as a billy goat and we are heading to hell for eternity. That, that is just the truth. I know that for some of you, are like, who do you think you are? It is not me saying this. It is Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, saying this. The only way to God is through Christ. I pray we know that, and I pray we grow in that all through 2022. Now, I, I realize this was a little different today. Thank you for, for bearing with me. But I wanted to try to have like a shotgun approach that, that would try to either get us ready for or prepare us what may come in 2022. And my hope and my prayer is, is that, that we're armed now with some of the words of wisdom from God's holy word. And then my prayer is that regardless of the situation we find ourselves in, it may be an incredible year. And if it is, we're going to have to be so locked into God because when things are good, we tend to forget Him. Or it may be a very, very tough year. And we got to remember to bring God along with us. Whatever situation we find ourselves in, there's two things that we know. We know that God is in control. And we know that he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. Amen? Amen? All right. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you and praise you, God, that you are our King and our Lord. And that, Lord, as we go into a year not knowing what's going on or what's going to happen and we hear the news and all the things, what we do know is that our God is right there with us that our God never changes and that he has us and that the promise of salvation is there for anyone who believes that Jesus Christ is their Savior and Lord. God, we should be the most courageous people in the world. We should be the most caring and the most loving because you are transforming us, because you are growing us, God. And we pray that in 2022, God, that you will do whatever you want to do in and through this church. But, God, we have to be intentional about growing. We've got to take time in our busy day to slow down and make you first. That means studying, praying, and just being equipped for the day through your word. Lord, God, I pray we feel naked if we don't have that going into a day. And I pray that as a congregation, I pray that we grow. And I pray, God, Lord, that you would do what only you can do in and through us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I told Mike, since he had to do all three songs together, that I would close us out today. So let me close you with this. Don't leave here today without knowing. Don't leave here today without knowing that Christ is your Savior and Lord. There's people here that will talk to you, that will love on you, that will share this with you. Don't leave here today without that. And for those of you who know, it is time for us to continue to grow. Amen? All right. I pray that you have a great 2022. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Have a great day.